0: Hello, and welcome to the University of Minnesota Swine Extension Podcast Series. Today's podcast is another research update. My name is Sarah Sheikh Belke, and I'm a swine extension educator with the University of Minnesota. Joining me today is Caitlin St. Charles, who is a risk analyst on the Secure Food Systems team in University of Minnesota's College of Veterinary Medicine. To get us started today, Caitlin, will you tell us about yourself, including who you're working with on this project?
1: Sure. Yeah. Thanks so much for the introduction and thanks for having me, Sarah. So as you were kind of saying, I'm currently a researcher on the Secured Food Systems team in the College of Vet Med at the University of Minnesota. So a little bit about our team. We're a multidisciplinary team. We have expertise in production veterinary medicine, Uh, We have a lot of veterinarians on our team who have worked in the poultry industry, swine industry, things like that. And we have expertise in risk analysis, epidemiology, virology, and mathematical modeling. We work pretty closely with uh, animal agriculture industry partners, as well as state and federal regulatory officials. And we work with them in evaluating disease risks during foreign animal disease outbreaks. So diseases like uh, high path AI, or in the case of swine, African swine fever, and developing pre-movement disease surveillance, as well as determining realistic risk mitigation measures. Currently, I serve as a risk analyst, like you're saying, and I spend a lot of my time working directly with our participating work groups in order to develop those feasible risk mitigations. And I spend a lot of time producing our disease-specific and commodity-specific risk assessments and subsequently translating that science into a usable permit guidance that might be used um, during a foreign animal disease outbreak for continuity of business permits. Um, so creating those permit documents that, or permits guidance documents rather, that both industry will use and that regulators can reference. Additionally, I'm also a part-time master's student in the University of Minnesota's College of Food, Ag, and Natural Resources where I'm studying swine behavior and welfare under Dr. Yuji Lee.
0: Thank you. You've certainly got a lot of things going on with working <laughs> yes. as well as being a master's student. And for me doing a podcast with you today, it's, it's nice. Cause I mean, I've been on some of those different working groups that um, you're working with. So
1: yes. It's, yeah
0: it's interesting to me to be able to learn a little bit more too about what you all do. Yeah. So to get us into, uh, I guess the, the research project that you're going to be talking about today, can you explain a little bit more about, about that project?
1: Yeah. So today I'll be talking about a study that I've been working on uh, with Dr. Marie Colhane. So she leads all of the swine centered projects on the secure food systems team Um, So, this isn't a project directly related to one of our risk assessments per se, but this is a study that stems from our work with the Minnesota Swine Emergency Disease Management Committee, otherwise known as the Minnesota Swine EDMC. So, the Swine EDMC is made up of numerous stakeholders from all facets of the Minnesota's pork industry, uh, including pork producers of various herd sizes and types, uh, even show pig owners. And then packers and processors and representatives from agencies and groups, uh, including the Minnesota Board of Animal Health, um, Department of Ag, uh, Minnesota Department of Ag, Minnesota Pork Board, Minnesota Department of Health, Minnesota Pollution Control Agency, Minnesota DNR, um, and then the academic side. So University of Minnesota and uh, our veterinary diagnostic laboratory as well. So within this larger committee, we have a bunch of subcommittees focusing on uh, different areas, and one of those subcommittees includes a regionalization subcommittee. So they're focused on determining how to confine an outbreak to a specific region uh, for an animal disease outbreak. So for example, ASF, if it were to occur, as well as how to allow unaffected farms within a region to operate safely safely which will hopefully facilitate interstate and intrastate trade and potentially reopen U.S. international markets. So this subcommittee wanted to understand how pigs currently move within a region to see if there are things that are being done um, when pigs are being moved from premises to premises that might increase or decrease risk of disease spread. So We started by asking the folks who are on the ground, who are actually moving those animals, so the truck drivers of those transport trucks, what they're doing during these movements. So the truckers are the folks who are going to be implementing uh, some enhanced biosecurity and risk mitigations were a foreign animal disease outbreak to occur, so it's really important To not only identify what gaps in biosecurity currently exist as a starting point to determine what changes might need to happen in an outbreak, uh, but also to establish the best means to communicate with these folks. So, with the guidance of the Swine EDMC Regionalization Subcommittee, uh, Dr. Colhane, Dr. Emily Walls who was on our team at the time, and I put together a questionnaire for truck drivers who transport swine in order to start tackling uh, some of these biosecurity and communication-related topics.
0: Thank you for that explanation. I also am on that larger committee and then also on some of the subcommittees. So I certainly followed along with you on that. But I do know when I try to explain that to other people too, it typically gets to be a longer explanation. But in all... Thank you for that explanation. Yeah, no problem. That. So, for this project that you did, was there a funding source for it?
1: Yeah, so our work as part of the Minnesota Swine EDMC uh, started off being funded as a contract with the Minnesota Board of Animal Health. Um, and then in 2019 and 2020, we had some funding from the Minnesota Pork Board.
0: Thank you. I think it's always important to give a shout out to our funding sources because a lot of the research and different projects that we do at the University of Minnesota, as well as other institutions, they can't happen unless we have that funding source. So thank you. So So now can you give a, a brief introduction to this specific project explaining why it was a valuable thing to do?
1: Sure. So as I was kind of alluding to a little bit earlier, the real value of this project comes from being able to proactively determine some of these biosecurity gaps and uh, communication avenues proactively before a foreign animal disease outbreak occurs. So the movement of animals in the swine industry is what keeps producers and companies in business But at the same time, the movement of animals without any risk mitigations in place is a great way to spread disease during a disease outbreak. So being proactive and understanding the details behind what truckers are actually doing versus maybe what we assume they're doing uh, when they're moving pigs between premises, um, including their current biosecurity protocols that they're implementing um, is pretty important to know. So we have a sense of what biosecurity holes might exist in relation to preventing disease spread. And it's critical to know how emergency responders and the swine industry can quickly and effectively communicate with the trucker workforce uh, because during an outbreak, everything's gonna be a scramble and it's gonna be difficult to figure out the best way to communicate with these folks on the fly. So this is especially so since there likely isn't gonna be time and resources, especially on the emergency responder side, Um, to do anything outside of just dealing with these actively infected premises. So it's good we establish these communication lines um, and means prior to an outbreak.
0: Yeah, thank you for, for that introduction into your project.
1: Yeah.
0: So next, can you explain how you completed this project?
1: Sure. Yeah, so... We worked very closely with our swine industry partners uh, that we established through the Minnesota Swine EDMC. So on our side, we developed a questionnaire that would be administered to participating truckter, uh, truckers. rather, And we crafted our questions with the aim of getting at the finer details of kind of what truckers are doing. So what their normal workload and schedule look like for a single trucker. Um, again, with the biosecurity, what biosecurity practices are being done and not being done as of right now. And then finally, in terms of communication, we want to figure out, okay, who are, is the trucking workforce? Who are they getting the majority of their disease information from? And through what means do they prefer to receive that information? Uh, Dr. Emily Walls, uh, who was on the Secure Food Systems team at the time, she's a master at developing these types of questionnaires, so her expertise was super helpful when we were putting this together. Um, And then ultimately we collaborated with three pig production companies who administered our online survey to truckers when they picked up the pigs at their farms to take them to slaughter. And we ended up having about roughly 80 truckers participating in the study, so
0: very good. Yeah. I know that whenever I do different surveys and most of it is evaluation of educational programming that I do, it's always hard to get those responses.
1: Yeah, we were, we were pretty pleased with the outcome. So mm-hmm. it was, it was good. We have a lot of, a lot of data, which is nice.
0: Yeah, for sure. So next, can you explain what were the results of this study?
1: Sure. Yeah. So we had, a. Uh, About 44 questions total, and our findings were pretty enlightening in regards to what's happening related to an individual trucker's workload, the subsequent biosecurity they're following to keep both their truck and themselves free of pathogens when going between premises, as well as their preferences for communication. So based on our results, the majority of truckers, in terms of their workload and schedule, indicate that they haul about 10 to or six to 10 loads of market hogs on a weekly basis. But about fifth of the, a fifth of those respondents report that they regularly haul even more than that uh, on a weekly basis. So 11 plus loads per week. Additionally, the largest proportion of truckers indicate that they pick up from five to seven different farms and they deliver to two or more different processing plants, both on a weekly basis. And then over half of our respondents reported that they haul pigs for two or more pork production companies. So if we think about that from a disease spread standpoint, in the most unideal world where there's no or very ineffective, uh, ineffective mitigations in place, a single trucker has the potential to spread disease not only between a lot of farms, uh, but also between company systems, which is something to keep in mind. Uh, in terms of what these truckers were doing, um, in ter- for, as far as their biosecurity, our survey results demonstrated there are some things that truckers are doing really well, uh, in addition to some things that might be key to fix, especially during an outbreak. So, for instance, all of our survey respondents indicated that they clean their trailer, uh, and the vast majority of truckers clean their trailer either directly after a delivery and or prior to the pickup of their next load of pigs, which is obviously something producers and swine companies wanna hear. Um, however, a portion of those respondents, so about 20% of respondents who stated they use a private wash uh, wash station and about 37 respondents of who state that they use a public wash station, they indicated that when they were washing their trailer at the, uh, the truck wash, They weren't completely sure if soap or disinfectant was being used during the wash process, which is not something I'm sure producers or swine companies want to hear. so that was, that was very enlightening for us. Um, they also, we asked questions about the cleaning of their uh, truck cab as well. So over 85% of the respondents reported that at the end of the workday or at least once a week, Um, They're doing some kind of dry cleaning measures within their their truck cab. So they're shaking out floor mats, vacuuming floors, wiping surfaces down. Um, And so during an outbreak, these practices would most definitely need to be improved upon since right now they're not necessarily focused on uh, mitigating any potential contaminants that got into the truck cab, which definitely can happen, especially if you're getting out of the truck um, and not a clear perimeter buffer area set up per se on the farm. Um, so during an outbreak, those, those mitigations would definitely need to be beefed up. So the focus of them is, uh, pathogen mitigation. And then we also didn't, didn't look just at the trucks. We also looked at the driver related biosecurity as well. Um, so things that we asked were, um, do the truckers leave their trucks to help with either unloading or loading the pigs? And not surprisingly, all truckers responded that they do, but we also asked questions about, okay, so what's happening when those truckers are leaving their cabs? So just over three quarters of respondents indicated that they wore coveralls, which is great. Um, however, proper disposal or laundering um, of those coveralls, uh, there was some variability in the reporting on that. And then additionally, there was quite a bit of variability in um, footwear specific biosecurity that they, that they implemented. And then finally, looking at the communication piece. So in regards to communication preferences, we found from respondents that the top three sources of information that the truckers themselves uh, reported that they receive is from their employers. So trucking companies and then pork producers was second as well as other truckers. So their coworkers, their colleagues on the road. So kind of that great vine communication. Uh, Respondents indicated that their employers and pork producers were the most heavily relied upon of those three uh, sources for receiving disease and biosecurity related information. And then in terms of how truckers prefer to receive information. So the method texting was reported to be the most convenient by most of the truckers with almost three fourths of the respondents indicating. So, however, we asked about a bunch of other different means. So, Phone calls and emails were reported as uh, or marked down as the most convenient means of receiving information for many other truckers. And then other other means such as receiving information through posters or flyers that might be posted at um, processing plants, as well as newsletters or social media were still ranked as convenient for, for some of those truckers. And I mean, we also asked participants about some other things, too. So, like awareness of foreign animal diseases such as ASF, um, as well as if they're employers or the swine companies that they're they're hauling for, if they require them to utilize truck washes or specific truck types of truck washes. So, uh, it was a pretty extensive survey. Um, we had 44 questions, and then we recently presented some of the findings at Layman Conference. But there's there's still a lot that um, we can we can parse through. So.
0: Wow, I wasn't aware, I guess, that all of that information was gleaned from this survey. So that that's great.
1: And, yeah, it was pretty high pretty opening. So it's interesting to see.
0: <laughs> yeah, and as I was listening to you describe, I'm thinking myself, you know, as an extension educator that, yeah, lots of different areas where education can be needed especially like you mentioned in the event of a foreign animal disease where some of the biosecurity practices will need to be, to be upped to where they are currently at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause producers and swine companies, obviously they're receiving a lot of, you know, extension education and things like biosecurity, but you also have those allied industries too. So the trucking industry and kind of mm-hmm. making sure they're aware of, disease threats and the appropriate biosecurity that needs to go on so
0: right and just for those other allied industries to know how they're kind of linked together and how they potentially could be the the broken chain link if you want to say of potentially spreading a disease from from one area to the next or one farm to the next
1: exactly yeah
0: So based off of your results, what conclusions can be made from this survey?
1: Sure. So some of the conclusions that we can draw from the results of this study include that, again, if there are no or very ineffective biosecurity protocols in place, just a single trucker, as we were kind of just mentioning with the chain there, has the propensity to spread disease to a lot of not only premises, but also between systems. So we could see that from the, the workload and schedule results and kind of gleaning that scope of the spread that could occur is, is pretty important. Additionally, truckers are proving to be very disciplined in some of the areas of biosecurity, such as again, a hundred percent of respondents said that they do clean their trailers um, and make sure it gets to the truck wash um, and receive some sort of cleaning. But um. We also see that there's some improvements that can be made uh, there, especially, you know, thinking about how some of, at least a, a fifth of respondents didn't really, weren't completely sure if cleaner or disinfectant was being used at the truck wash. And this is especially important if uh, a disease outbreak was was to occur, because we want to minimize the risk of expanding that outbreak uh, through movements of trucks and people and animals. Um, And again, things we could also improve, like I was mentioning earlier, were were those cab cleaning steps. So kind of refocusing on, refocusing them to, with the goal of minimizing the spread of disease. Um, Yeah. And then when we think about communication, um, important uh, conclusions that we can draw from the results um, in order to improve biosecurity. We might want to think about consistent messaging coming from the top sources, uh, that. These truckers receive their information some from so consistent messaging from producers as well as transportation companies, so that we can comprehensively reach that trucker workforce and reduce confusion about um, biosecurity practices and disease-related information. And additionally, since the bulk of truckers do receive disease-related uh, messaging from their employers, when a, if an outbreak were to occur for an animal disease, emergency managers might want to consider including the allied industries. So including trucking company representatives in disease communication updates. And then finally, now that we realize that texting is viewed as the most convenient means of communication for the majority of truckers, but also realizing that a lot of these other means are used as well, we want get, to get messaging out there via texting, but also for thinking about Reaching the entirety of the workforce, maybe using a multimodal communication approach uh, could be necessary.
0: Yeah, for sure, that's definitely important to uh, important takeaway about being able to communicate not only by texting but also multiple other routes of communication as well as I'm sure everyone has their kind of preferred way um, of communicating. So really good. So, Caitlin, why are the results you shared important takeaways from this survey?
1: So, I think the results I've shared demonstrate numerous takeaways as well as considerations. So, to start with, just because we're identifying these holes in biosecurity, um, in terms of trucker biosecurity, it doesn't necessarily mean that the truckers are to blame for those holes being there in the first place. Uh, Many biosecurity practices are specifically requested by companies, uh, poor companies and smart companies and employers. And so we need to remember that it's everyone's responsibility to determine and execute effective and evidence-based disease mitigations that are feasible for the context in which they will be needed. Uh, Additionally, knowing the practices, the biosecurity practices that truckers are doing really well to begin with is a great starting point for the pork industry since they will need to request um, increases in biosecurity practices by adding on enhanced and targeted biosecurity requirements during an outbreak. So it's good to have that starting place. And then finally knowing how and from who the truckers themselves, not just the trucking companies who employ them, but the actual folks on the ground, how, how and from who they're receiving their disease and biosecurity related information and updates from is essential for us to know again now, instead of during the chaos of a foreign animal disease outbreak, so.
0: Right, exactly, because I think you mentioned it earlier that in the event that we would have an outbreak, um, yeah, it's pretty much gonna be focused only on responding At that time, the industry is not going to be able to try and figure out what's the best way to communicate that we really need to have these things known before they happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's not a lot of time to deviate from containing a disease. Yes, for sure.
0: This wraps up our podcast for today. Thank you, Caitlin, for sharing your project on trucker biosecurity and communication.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me, Sarah. And again, thanks for being involved in some of the the work that our team's doing and uh, collaborating on. So the Minnesota Swine EDMC is, as well as some of our swine related risk assessments. So very much appreciated.
0: Yes, you're welcome. And I want to thank all of our listeners who listen to the University of Minnesota Swine Extension podcast. This has been Sarah Sheik Belke, Swine Extension Educator, along with Caitlin St. Charles from the Secure Food Systems at the University of Minnesota College of Veterinary Medicine. To further connect with the University of Minnesota Swine Extension, please visit the swine specific webpages on our University of Minnesota Extension's website at www.extension.umn.edu backslash swine. On those pages, you'll find connections to our blog, as well as our Facebook page. To learn about research being done by our swine faculty in veterinary medicine, please visit their Swine in Minnesota blog at www.umnswinenews.com.